Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon. I'm your host, Technicia, and welcome to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. Um, before I even get into the matter about what's actually um, about my guest, I really wanted to talk about a little bit about the catastrophe that's going on today, and it's it's very is very sad and, and tragic at the same time. Um, first and foremost, I was just up at my daughter's school. And I was talking to someone, and she and a lot of people want to stay. A lot of people want to stay in the Florida area. They're not willing to leave or whatnot. So that that really um, was troubling me. But also one of my um, dear friends, she had a lot to say today because you know the Caribbean. I don't think they're covering too much information in the Caribbean area. And I know a lot of us, we go there, we go there to enjoy ourselves and whatnot and to have a good time. But we also need to know they just went through a a tragic incident themselves. And I want to make sure I get all the information that I can so I can end up sharing with you guys. I'm going to see if I can pull it up on Facebook right now. Um, And if you're looking at the replay, please make sure that you share it. I think I just, yeah, I just found it. Um, she mentioned that, you know, um, it's a Leeward Caribbean island, and they need our help in the next coming months to recover from the catastrophic disaster. And they don't have anyone to report about the Caribbean on all the islands affected. So this is the only way I'm trying to be able to get this reliable and correct information out there. And, you know, it's been so debilitating for many waiting for news of family well-being. So our job is to make sure that we share any accurate info on social media networks that we have. Um, And we're praying that Miss Irma takes a magical turn out to sea. We really are because it's it's very devastating. I'm, I'm sure that it would probably be very busy at my job today as well. And I work for a hotel, so we probably will be seeing a lot of accuracy coming in that way but whatever little bit that you could donate and give please please do so like i said share this if you're if you are on right now please make sure you share and invite because we want the word out 
as much as possible about what's actually going on because all the time the news don't cover everything like we want and we know that for for a fact to be true. Um, without further ado, I do have on with me a, a special a special guest with me. Of course, this guest he once played for the Beatles, but I'm gonna give you a little bit about a background about him because he has an awesome book out called Love is Love is the Power. Um, moving humanity from fear to love, and it's by Robert O. Williams. It's an inspiring true story that captures the vivid memories and near-death experiences of inventor and former Beach Boys musician. I guess the question is, is it possible that love is the foundation of all life and that science is now proving what the mystics and saints from nearly every spiritual tradition have been saying for thousands of years? And Robert Williams' amazing book not only asks important questions about the evolution of humanity, but he gives answers that shouldn't surprise anyone. That love is indeed the only power in the universe. And what happens when a small percentage of people on the planet activate that power and extend it and extend it into the world? The answer is simple, and it's in this book. Hi, welcome, welcome Jasmine, welcome Antonio, Tondrick, Anthony D. Parker, welcome. Welcome. We are also going live today. Um, and as I stated earlier, if you're joining on, please make sure that you get the word out about what's going on to the Caribbeans because they don't have a news station and they need all the help that they can actually get. Um, to get a little bit about background on Robert, at a young age, um, Robert had the ability to see auras in the capacity for clairvoyance. He tuned into the natural world the way not many others have. And in Love is the Power, he shares a valuable message, simple yet necessarily vast to its core. The unfolding of his stories is staring and uplifting in its ability to relate to you guys in a way that finds beauty, depth, and insight, and even what seems the most trivial or the most challenging life experiences. But without further ado, I would love to bring Robert on so he can really explain his book more in depth to us. Robert, thank you so much for taking out your time to be here on the show with us today. Technisha, it is such a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you're so welcome. I I'm glad, you know, with all this going on, I'm surprised that we even have time to even talk about a subject like this. And I guess in this time of days, with all this catastrophe, we need this love. Uh, indeed. Indeed, and, I, and I'm right with you. There, th those tragedies and what's going on uh, in the Caribbean and just just in general, since we have such um, such a, a moment by moment uh, concern for our fellow humans, our fellow brothers and sisters in the Caribbean, and then you know maybe Florida and, and I don't know the absolute latest, but I know that. A lot of people's lives are in danger. A lot of people are already have already been hurt. A lot of people have been traumatized at the very least. This is a this is an opportunity, I believe, for us to um, remember that we're all connected. We are all part of this, even if we're right. you know in a in a nice safe place. We're all part of this. We and are. One of the things that um, 
we can do is is the information and the in the donations and the help in any way we can. It is it is a function of our own existence that we help when we can and in any other right. way, any way we can. So I'm right with you with this current um this current event, this current tragedy. And as you said, Robert, we are all in this together. I mean, it's affecting all of us. Um, we can even go farther with the, the gouge, the price gases rising up. To me, and to be honest, I really think all of this is it's a big old scam. It's a way to play on us for the richer to get rich. I mean, gas prices going up. Yeah. Food prices yeah. also going up. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. They they have us in a, and, and one thing we all should know: people play off the word fear. They know how to play off our emotions uh, very well. But Robert, I, I would love to definitely get into your book a little more. Why why did you decide to write your incredible life story as a book? And 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 speaking on your life, you also was a former uh, member of the Beatles. Uh, no, Beach Boys, Beach Boys, Beach Boys. The Beach Boys, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I was in I was in the uh, horn section, so I wasn't. I'm not one of the founders and the singers of that beautiful music, but I did play saxophone and and uh, toured with them a little bit, and was a, it was a wonderful experience. Um. So, what made you actually take all your life experiences and put it into this book? And and first and foremost, I I love it. This was a credible read that should be on a shelf the purpose there was a there was a couple of things that motivated me one that that does um that is relevant um actually in any any moment under any condition but particularly because we now know there's tragedies close by the the definition of love uh is is you could maybe whatever a hundred different ways we can define love, and I felt that it was an opportunity right now to expand the definition of love. So the, the the book is called Love Is the Power, and I talk about love, and I talk about love as a state of consciousness, as a reality, as a uh, relationship with self, as a relationship with. Um, with our own beingness um, that that begins to show itself in miraculous ways in our own life, and more importantly, it begins to show itself in in the people that we are interacting with. And it's not something we do; it's not something we we set out to, or something. It's not a goal we we earn or achieve. It is a state, and so I, that's that's one reason I wrote the book is to expand the definition. I mean, it, you know, I have a 12-year-old daughter, and she's got uh, a, her own little iPad, and I was aghast the other day because I looked there and I see a file, and it says "cute boys I love." <laughs> so Don't we all have one so of those type of girls. Oh my God! So uh, y- you know, so love. That's a that's an aspect of humanness that she's calling in love, and you know I don't want to discount her feelings, but of course we know that's 
hopefully very temporary. And, and I'm, I know that's up. right. Now, you, I love the way you put. Your, I love the way you put it into your perspective. My perspective is, I'm have. There is no. There is no love right now. I need them. I have two hand girls, and I need them to wait. I'm the kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody, but I'm the kind of parent who's gonna have a shotgun on the and wait for the first boy to touch my door. <laughs> well, well, that's right. You know, I've always been kind of suspicious of guns and everything. But once I read that, uh, I thought, well, I should go. There. <laughs> right. Know, but I, I'm right with you. It's, it's something we so, have. Um, yeah. So, so Robert, let me ask you this: Why, why do you suppose you, in particular, were chosen to live such experiences and share your insights with humanity? Well, that's a good question. I, I really don't know, and. Um, we all have our our special, unique gifts, and I know that's almost a cliche these days, but if you're looking at uh, any kind of collective structure or collective uh, system on the planet, it, it, it doesn't matter who's at the top of the flower or who's in the, the root. It's, it's a collective, it's a synergistic experience for that whole system. So I just happen to have a very, very odd, odd life, and uh, had a lot of health challenges, had a lot of tragedies, and um, I've I've experienced death, and I've experienced um, children uh, that that had died in in my presence, and those are whole big stories and very tragic memories that I have. I believe that uh, going through my own various dark nights, my own various um, traumatic experiences and, and um, sad times, uh, in a sense, motivated me to ask what is here that cannot be taken away? What is there something at the root of our beingness, at the essence that cannot be uh, um, interfered with. Is there something there that, that is always there? And we've heard about eternity and infinity and, mm-hmm. and uh, those terms. I was, when I um, went through my first big tragic dark night, I was 19 years old and I wrote in my diary, mm-hmm. God, please me. God, please, please lead me to something that cannot ever be taken away. And so, what? for some reason, I, I began to, to really discover or really seek, and that's the paradox. It doesn't come from seeking, but we can get into that. And so, perhaps that's that's uh, it, it led me on a very odd path, and I don't know uh, if that's any more relevant than anybody else's path, but. Um, I felt it was at least something I could attempt to give is writing this book and, and talking about my own revelations. No, that's good um, that you actually talking about it. Most people be are afraid to talk about it. God said, don't be afraid to say his name wherever you are. Um, and I have a friend on right now on Facebook Live. He's a pastor, so I'm sure he definitely can understand where you're coming from. With this, as a but as a child, you didn't fit in like 
many of us on that spiritual path. Tell us about that. Yeah, I um, I was seeing things that no one else at least admitted seeing, and uh, I was fortunate. Uh, my parents just allowed me to to play in the backyard. We have a pretty we had a pretty good sized backyard and garden trees, and I would go out there. And I'm talking this is far back as I can remember, four, I guess, three, four years old, five, six, seven. I played back there, and I every time I would go back there, I would see in the gardens these these little spinning things. And uh, I never, you know, they were just, I was just as curious with them as I was a, a plant or a ant on the ground or a, you know, little uh, rabbit that would run across. So uh, that was my childhood, and when I shared those experiences with other others, I quickly found out that, oh, they're, it's just my imagination. And for a while, that, that was okay. I, I had a vivid imagination, but when I got older, then it was mental illness, they thought. And I, uh, my, my parents took me to these doctors, and they decided that I wasn't mentally ill, but that I should just not talk about what I was seeing, you know. <laughs> just and uh, one one friend in particular when I was young had a name. His name was Jing, and I, I I write about him in my book. And he was more 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 physical than the other things, the other beings I saw. And he was consistent with me. He would come every day, come to me every day when I was in the backyard, and and play with me and show me around the the garden and and point at certain things. So this is where it really gets, uh, I suppose, non-conventional, because he would begin to, he was a teacher, and uh, he taught me about rainbows, and uh, let me just give you that one example. One uh, morning, it was raining, and I was out there, and, and I was digging this big hole, and he came up and motioned to come over and look at this beautiful rainbow. We've all seen the rainbows, and, of course, we all agree how beautiful it is. And so that was a mm-hmm. cool thing. You know, there's the rainbow, the, the rain and the sun, or the mist and the sun. So that was like he said, no, pay attention. So, okay, I'm looking at the rainbow. And then uh, three or four days later, the sun was out. It wasn't raining. And he he took me to the front yard where my mom had the sprinkler going. And he positioned me just right, and there was the rainbow again. But it wasn't from the rain. It was from the sprinkler and the sun shining just, you know, there's a certain position you can get. We've all seen this, you know, in a hose or something. So the message was the teaching, and it, and it took me a while to get it, but i just cutting it short here. The, the, the teaching was that the sun and the rain do not create the rainbow, there, the rainbows are always there. They're always what? there. And the only thing we need to see the rainbow is three things. We need a little water, we need a little light, and consciousness. We need to open our eyes and, and, and see that. And this summer has been really hot here, so my daughter would go out and i take the hose. And sure enough, you know, I get into the right angle, you can see those beautiful seven colors. The, the, it is an analogy uh, to what 
our higher states of consciousness are. They're they're not elsewhere. They're not um, uh, hidden. They're hidden in a sense that just like the rainbows, you need certain conditions to see them. And our own higher states of consciousness certainly needs our own uh, position of awareness and right. other environmental factors. And then we can we can realize higher or more whole essences. We can realize more our more whole and truthful self. So that was one of the teachings I had as a child. Oh, wow. And I know you even spoke on that when you were just talking about rainbows. You speak of that in your book, Rainbows are Always There. All things we are seeking are always already there, but because of our state of consciousness, we haven't allowed them to appear. Ultimately, we let go of all of our efforts to create them on our own, to control them, to find them, to see them. Our attitude of searching, seeking, achieving will reveal very little. Um, you know what? And I was thinking on that. You know, sometimes we don't. We don't see it. And I, that's why I think I need to start working on certain exercises with the subconscious part of my mind because you don't always see things for what it is. It's there. But our mind, some part of our mind somewhere, I, I don't know what it's really called. I'm not into the biology um, thing, but it's part of our mind that don't always see. I guess they don't want to see what's actually there. If I'm saying it correctly, I, maybe I'm jumbling up my words. But I want to ask you, um, you referred that in this chapter to Jing. Who Who is Jing? Was that a friend or was, or is that a nature spirit? Jing was a nature spirit. In hindsight, at okay. the time I didn't know. In hindsight, yeah, I, I learned about nature spirits and uh, invisible beings, and they're called by various names. And, and but uh, yeah, that, that his name was Jing, and he had a very special uh, place in my life. And it's interesting because okay. when I when I uh, grew a little bit older, he bid farewell, and I've never seen him since. So. He's, he's oh, wow. memory, but I've seen other things since then. Wow, I'm sure. I'm sure. Just talking about me, you're gonna probably end up running back into Jane. But I'm I'm smiling deeply because that's interesting that you found the nat a nature spirit so so grasping to under to know what that feels like. Um, now, trans if I'm saying it correctly, transcendental meditation. Um, and that's and I love it because we was talking a little bit about this on my affirmation, not transcendental meditation, but meditation itself. How did you find out about this sort of meditation? It was my third year in college. I had my whole life laid out before me in my mind. I was going to be a professional musician. So third year in Cal State Hayward as a music major, getting pretty good, and... Uh, going to get a teaching credential, and, but first go on the road and make a lot of money, see the world, get married, have five kids, and teach music to the rest of my days. So I, and I was really serious. I would practice all the time. And, um, and what began to happen, actually, in my second year of college is that my jaw began to hurt. There's this whole area called the temporal mandibular joint, the TMJ, and it began to hurt, 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 get worse, worse, worse. And then one morning I... I was suddenly awake and, and I couldn't open my mouth. And it's a horrible feeling, but uh, went to the hospital and they shot it with something that relaxed it. And 
and I I was told eventually that I had to give up the saxophone because I had had an accident when I was seven years old and fell off my bicycle and and damaged that joint, that temporal mandibular joint in your jaw and my jaw, to the point where it didn't grow back properly. And now years later, playing the saxophone, you got to get your armature a certain way, your your mouth in a certain position, kind of your lower jaw goes forward. And in that position, it caused a, a strain on that injury, and uh, I went into pain. So what does this have to do with meditation? Well, I, I uh, when the when the dentist said you just have to give up the saxophone, uh, I was just completely. This was all that I was living for almost. I was so in love with my sax, so in love with my music. I just I couldn't believe it, and that's. That's back to what I said earlier. So that that night, I felt I was very angry. I was extremely sad. I mean, what am I going to do now? You know. And the dentist said, "Why don't you just play guitar?" You know, everybody's playing guitar these days. This was the, the mm-hmm. 70s. And I, you don't understand, sir. You know. So I. That's when I wrote that I needed to find something that couldn't be taken from me. I know a very dramatic, emotional kind of plea, but I was really looking for something that was uh, more, let's just say, more eternal than my physical body. Right. And I saw a picture of Maharishi at the college, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, and there was something about the picture that really um, was different, and I asked about it. And It was Maharishi, and there was an intro lecture at the college that Wednesday, and I, uh, I learned to meditate on that Saturday, and interesting, when I first meditated, my very first meditation, I felt like I was back in the backyard with Jing in this, uh, when I, in those earlier days, I felt this lightness of being, this freedom, and, uh, and, and love, there wasn't anything wrong, <laughs> there wasn't any problem, there wasn't any pain, and, uh, uh, now I'm really in pain with my jaw and all that and very, very depressed and suicidal. But now I'm meditating, and all that just lifted. And um, I loved the meditation, and I began to understand that even though this meditation is just following the pathways of our thoughts back to the source, and it's it's an effortless thing. You're not concentrating. You're not trying anything. You're not trying to repeat anything. But I, it gave me that, uh, that kind of secret doorway into the inner self, which is always already the case. It's always already full and always already uh, eventually shows itself as love. And, and so that's, uh, that was 1976, and I kept meditating. I still meditate today, but all, along the way I've tried all the different ones, and, and I love wow. them all. You know, it's not oh, just, wow. You know, it, there, there are different techniques for different kinds of people. Right, I'm just about to ask you how many different ones are. All right, but because um, I know it's a little different from yoga and meditation. I have I have one friend and mentor who said that she has done meditation, and it really, when you're in that zone, you can hear things that you thought you possibly couldn't hear. She heard a, I believe she had heard a hummingbird. But her mind extracted yeah. that far out 
I would love, to, I would, I would love to actually give it a try without my children or anyone else around in the house, but just to meditate. It's it's really good for you to really relieve all that stress because we have enough on us as in these days of times. So like I said, with this catastrophe going on, yeah. that's yeah. enough toll on everyone. But oh yeah, um, I would love to get into the fact the Beach Boys. Now we know. The Beach Boy. This was the most popular surf band in the nation. And I mean, when they emerged in the 1960s, that was a challenge. I think that was even a challenge. Um, that They overcame even the Beatles. You know, the Beach Boys was something. They even had a move out on them, and I thought I was very fun of that. I need to watch it in its entirety, but just watch it bits and pieces and everything. It was amazing how even after all those years, and they came back to do a concert, People were still loving them. Like, the Beach oh, yeah. Boys did not die. Oh, yeah. I, I meant to yeah. play one of the songs on yeah. here, but I was like, darn it. I didn't look it up, but I was going to play Everybody Go Surfing. <laughs> I love it. But how did, Great you, songs, yeah. how did you become a performer with the Beach Boys? Well, it's uh, I can, I can uh, pick it up where I left off so because it goes right in there. So I, I had learned TEM, Transcendental Meditation, and in the 70s, uh, there was a college named Maharishi International University in the middle of Iowa, Fairfield, Iowa. And, and at that time, it was a fully, I don't know how they did it, but it was a fully accredited university that had uh, uh, degrees, a program. And so they taught all the regular classes that college taught. But the only difference was everybody on the campus was doing TM at the same time. And was an extraordinary experience for me. I was so I enrolled as a student there, and I I had to give up my saxophone, but I could play for an hour or two every day without my jaw going into spasms. So I brought my horn along, was really into learning and uh, out there with a the community of pioneers at this university. It turned out it was around the same time that, or it was a little bit after the same time, a little bit after the time that. The Beatles and the Beach Boys learned TM in Rishikesh, India, from Marishi, and it hit the news everywhere. And uh, Donovan was on that course, and a lot of celebrities learned TM. And Mike Love of the Beach Boys, all the Beach Boys learned. Mike Love really, really got into it. Became a TM teacher. So um, they had an album due, and he wanted to do the album in an environment that was more peaceful, less chaotic compared to Los Angeles and the hustle and bustle of Hollywood and all of that. So he convinced the Beach Boys to build a studio on campus at MIU, Maharishi International University. And sure enough, they built a campus. And we, as students, we all knew that they were there, but we couldn't go out, you know, this is security and stuff. And wow, what a, they're actually creating an album on our campus. It was one to to get away from the hustle and bustle of LA, two to promote Marishi International University. So when it came time for horns to be laid on the tracks, overdubbed on the tracks, um, somehow the word got in there that there was a saxophone player on campus. And why fly in somebody from LA and all the costs and everything when there can be a, a sax player right here, you know, right right where we're at. So I got a, a note in my student mailbox, meet at this place. And I was so, so nervous. And 
and uh, I had to audition. I had to play the parts. I had to, you know, it, I had to earn my way in there. But I was right there, and and somehow they said I was good enough, and I was good enough. This wasn't complicated music. Uh, so I I recorded on that album in the studio, and I remember the last recording we did. I thought to myself, "Oh, you go, you know, this is my how many." chances are we going to have to, to talk directly with Mike Love or, or any of the other Beach Boys that were hanging out. I went to Mike and I go, you know what, I really can't afford to keep going to MIU here. You know, I'm kind of broke. Can I go on tour with you guys? <laughs> Can, you know, and he said, well, it turns out uh, we, we do need a sax player, so talk to this producer, talk to that guy. So the next thing I know, wow. I'm, I'm living in Santa Barbara uh, and and yeah, we we uh, I did concerts with that's them. That's amazing. Went on tour, and that's how I that's, stumbled that, into that gig. That that is amazing. I tell you, you, never know where one journal will take you, and look where exactly. it led you up to. That is so awesome. Because when I first read the script, I was like, "This is awesome, Beach Boys." I was like, "This is a historical <laughs> moment just for me." Yeah. But we're gonna take a short commercial break. We're gonna come back with Robert. We're gonna discuss a little bit about a new app that he has out. And also for the discussion on transcendental meditation. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Bright Side with Technicia. Thought it was over? Not yet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Blog, 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 Talk. Blog Talk Radio, baby. It only takes a minute to find out if you may have prediabetes. And you can do it at doihaveprediabetes.org. But you're probably not going to. Nope. I'm sure you've got a perfectly good excuse. Kids, work, <laughs> I get it. You're busy. So what better time than now? Let's begin. Raise one finger if you're a man. Ladies, none yet. Oh, count in your head if you're driving. Now, three more fingers for everyone over 60, two over 50, one over 40, one more if you're not physically active, Another finger if anyone in your family has type 2 diabetes. Another if you've got high blood pressure. If you're overweight, raise another finger. Two if you're very overweight. And three if you're really overweight. You've just taken the world's first audio pre-diabetes test. And if you're holding up five or more fingers, visit doihaveprediabetes.org or talk to your doctor. There's no excuse because pre-diabetes can be reversed. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. All right, we're back on the Bright Side with Technicia, and I'm here with my guest, Robert O. Williams, who is considered one of the world's foremost experts in subtle energy engineering and technology. He is also an inventor, musician, and educator. He has lectured all around to most leading universities, and he has a great book out, Love is the Power. And if you are tuning in, make sure you share this broadcast, because earlier today we were talking about how we need to extend our helping hand to the Caribbean. And they don't have a newscast to help them out. So we definitely want to make sure of that. And if we have any further information on organizations that are taking donations, I would definitely make sure to put that on my Facebook page. So definitely make sure you share and like this video today. But, Robert, let's get a little bit more into it because we also we talked about transcendental meditation. Do you think, that maybe without transcendental meditation you would have had such profound experiences? Oh, that's a great question. Well, 
I think transcendental meditation allowed a context for the experiences. It, uh, you know, anybody can meditate. You, you close your eyes and you become more aware. At least that's the experience. You just become, you become more conscious that you are more than your thoughts. You are more than your emotions. You are more than even your physical body. But you are using those, those, the physical body, the thoughts and and, and emotions uh, to con- to live life. But we're not. Ult- ultimately, we're not limited by those. And okay. Philosophical, but also a, a, an empirical situation with meditating, and so I think that that uh, gave me the context for these odd experiences, the out of body, the several out of body experiences I had. I'm not saying that TM caused those, but it allowed me to uh, to realize right off the bat that this wasn't something psychotic. It wasn't something that was wrong. It was something that was just greater than my physical body. And I believe in that context, right. yeah, the meditation did help me. So so you can ultimately say that transcendental meditation has saved your life. I could I could possibly say it. I don't know that for sure. But okay. it definitely allowed allowed what was going on with me uh uh a smoother transition into into uh into uh, healing and and living on for sure. Right. Now we want to get into more of the fun stuff because you it's an app out. But before we get to the app, I want to talk about what is quantum code technology and how did you invent it? It's uh I mentioned the near death experience. Yes. When I was coming back into my body from that amazing experience I was witnessing various domains, various dimensions, and uh, I can again I talk about it in the book. But one in particular was full of geometries, was full of symbols and and mandalas. And um, when I got back into my body and and was able to get over to my journals, I wrote down as many of those symbols that I could remember and began studying them uh, as the years went on. I began studying those symbols, and I found that there are certain specific ratios of energy that are not only found in ancient art, and, and I'm, I'm including as many different indigenous cultures that I was able to study, Cherokee Indian art, the Taoist art, the Hindu or the Sanskrit art, um, ancient Christian art, they they use these ratios. They use these ways in which they created art, or, or the the ratio showed up in the art. And I uh, then I stumbled upon a book called Symbols, and it was at the Santa Barbara Library. What an epiphany! I was just walking through there, and I'm just fascinated with with these symbols. And there was a book kind of sticking out on the top shelf. I'll never forget it symbols and I open it up and I see one of the symbols that I had seen on the other side or during my near death experiences and the the symbol said this is an ancient symbol that the um uh the, the pre-Hindu uh, uh seers and worshipers would meditate on to open the heart 
Okay. And I looked at that symbol, and I go, my God, that's one of the ones I saw. And to kind of gives you an idea. So I began to research the geometries and the the how many triangles and what the circumference was. Turns out that when we let me give you a, a quick jump to to an analogy or an example. When we look at the sunset as humans, we don't have to vote. How many people think a sunset is is nice to look at? How many people think it's I, I do. It's, I never actually, <laughs> actually watched one, but I would love to. Yeah, we just, we, well, humans know. It's almost like a ritual. I used to live in La Jolla, and we used to watch the sunset. Everybody would just go down there. It turns out that, ge- that the geometries, now, who's going to do this? But people, some mathematicians along the way did a uh, analysis of a sunset, and it turns out the ratios, the circumference, and the, the triangle, if you make a triangle around the sun, and and do the geometries, it is the same ratios of energy in our own DNA. And these symbols also, the ratios of energy, are also found in our very cells, in our very DNAs and, and other, and how cells propagate through the body. There's the big hint. These ratios are symbols for how nature works. These ratios, these uh, codes we call, that's the quantum code, quantum code technology. Um, they can be called quantum frequencies or quantum um, energies. It's, you know, the names are difficult, but these ratios of, uh, of angular ratios are actually indications of how nature is evolving from one state to another. And they're okay. also called uh, information fields. So when a caterpillar goes to a butterfly, it goes through all these different changes, and the blueprint for the butterfly, which was latent during the caterpillar time, becomes more active, and that information blueprint for the butterfly and how it evo- how it grows out of the chrysalis is part of nature. So the quantum code technology is 108 um, mandalas, 108 codes that have been around since the beginning of time and there's certain (laughs) correspondences to the chakras so what i was able to do with really brilliant people one in particular dr william tiller who was the uh, chairman of the department of material sciences at stanford who Mm -hmm. studied and taught about how the earth makes crystals and how the geometries in these crystals are similar if not the same as what i just Mention and so there's these correlates. So he and I and, and many other very intelligent and brilliant scientists, we came up with a way to broadcast these symbols through the airwaves. First it was radio, and then it was in field generators. And in the last three years, we've developed a way to to broadcast those very same symbols to cell phones. And that's what the quantum code, or sorry, that's what the Heart Plus app is. So the Heart Plus app, it's, you get it on Google or the App Store, and those frequencies, those codes that you are, that nature is, mm-hmm. to become enhanced when you turn on the phone. And uh, the phone is the, the actual waves that are already there on your phone. The, the 
signals that you can hear people when they're talking to you on your cell phone then become carrier waves for these mandalas. And that's what uh, the Heart Plus app is. Okay. Now, what what does the Heart Plus app do for its users? You know, uh, we knew it was going to be life-supporting because of just the nature of these fields. These are natural. They're, they're found in nature when you walk down by the, uh, the ocean or up in the woods away from uh, technology, away from TVs and cell phones and cell phone towers and all the rest. They're there already. Um, what does it do for you? It's like a walk in nature, but we also uh, did a two-year study. Dr. Beverly Rubick, who's a biophysicist from the University of California at Berkeley, did a two-year controlled double-blind study, people with the, the real app on their cell phone and people with a sham app on their cell phone. And it was quite a good study, and they found that uh, with the app, there is an increase of heart rate variability, and that means a decrease of stress, just to, to make it simple. So with the app on, the body actually is not uh, is is less stressed. It's not in that fight flight mode, uh, unless there's something to really fight or or flee from. A tiger runs in the in the, in your house that you're going to do something. But uh, normally that baseline fear and stress that we all have um, is can be transformed into a more appropriate energy to respond to the environmental needs. So what it does for the human being is that it creates a stronger um, heart, physical heart I'm talking about, through heart rate variability. You're less likely to have um, heart problems, physical heart problems. And the rest is just, uh, uh, we'll see. We've got reports from different people that they sleep better, and there's all kinds of subjective reports. We we can't make medical claims, but uh, people generally, they feel more uh, alive, they feel less stressed, and that's just because their own innate intelligence, their own innate uh, natural energy is enhanced through this app. Okay. Well, I hope that, that I'll be able to end up getting that, because you can get that on iTunes, correct, or Android? You know, iTunes, yeah, the, the App Store or Google, depending upon what kind of phone you have, and it's one-time fee of a dollar ninety-five, okay. I think, and, you know, try now, it out, yeah. Since your book um, talks about one man's journey to heal the heart of humanity, explain how your Heart Plus app can help move humanity from fear to love. What we're looking at is um, a collective consciousness, a phenomenon that has to do with the collective consciousness. And what our theory is, is that if if just 1% of the population begins to function at a higher state of consciousness, at a more whole state of beingness, that that coherence uh, will affect the rest of the population. So it is a it's a it's a lofty and a uh, a philosophical, um, but also a scientific goal, because the one percent phenomenon is found in various systems on.
on the planet, very systems of biology. Um, and even in, uh, like, the laser beam, you have chaotic photons. You create just 1% of the photons lining up and traveling in the same way, in coherence. Those, those incandescent photons turn into a laser beam, which is 100 million times as powerful without any additional... Mm-hmm. So like that, love is the power. If we, as the heart begins to open and we realize what has always been the case and what is our natural baseline of, of life, what is at the base of our awareness, what is at the base of our awake, awakefulness, when we begin to realize even just to a, a slight increase of experience, that actually sends out a signal and or it affects all of us. We started out by sharing the tragedies of the Caribbean and, and these and these even just stepping back even further, sharing the horror and suffering that's still happening everywhere on the planet and cruelty and abuse. We don't like this. We know it's not right. We know. And what can we do about it? We can we can participate in our own our relationship with our own thoughts and emotions. And if our hearts are even just minutely recognized as something that cannot be hurt, cannot be taken away from us ultimately, then we can we can experience that consciousness and that will immediately help our own healing. It will help our families and it will go out from there. So that's what we're we're hoping to get, and it, not just through the app, but it, there's, there's love is, is the power. So in any context where unconditional love is the, is the um, reality, that affects more than just that one person uncon- unconditionally loving that other person. That's what the frequencies are attempting to upgrade the planet with. It's looking for this next highest level of existence. Humanity is looking for its next, its program for a higher state of reality, for a higher state of uh, of, of life. And so, right. that's our our contribution is join this community. When you get the app, you join a community, and I think there's like ten thousand people that have signed up in the last three or four weeks. And wow! You, you realize that we're in this together and there are others that are holding their cell phones or are in this involved with this understanding that simple love right. and unconditional love has an enormous right. influence on the entirety of this planetary condition. Is that now you mentioned in love is the power that if one bypasses the potential chaos of mass consciousness thought forms and begins to resonate directly with the innate level of consciousness, then the highest possible truths will be accessed through divine influences. How do you suggest one avoid getting sucked into mass consciousness that doesn't serve the individual? Great question. When we pause during the day, and like right now, we we can ask ourselves, What's going on? Who am I? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? And generally, we'll see that we're thinking something. You know, you're listening to me. Your your listeners, we're all involved with our senses. I'm speaking. 
you're listening, the listeners are listening or at least hearing, if we just pause and identify what is going on and then we accept that absolutely without trying to hold on to it or trying to uh, get it away. Most of the time, as humans, as people, we're running away from something or we're, we're running towards something. We're, we're avoiding displeasure and we're holding on to pleasure or comfort. That's okay. That is, that is fine. That's natural, of course. But ultimately, as we accept that which is not running, that part of us which is not seeking, that part of us that is loving everything just the way it is, it actually opens up a aspect of our own light, an aspect of our own truth that uh, uh, was hidden before because we were always running towards something or, or running away from something. There's a simple practice, just what am I thinking, what am I feeling? In that space there, as we rest in that space and become that timeless, limitless existence, then we can go back in our lives and we have a little bit of that in our daily activity and more and more it becomes infused in the thoughts, in the emotions, and in our even our fears and, and our, our pain. And that's where uh, nature can use your own body, your own mind, your own physical. I'm talking not. I'm talking the natural course of things. This is something that is not different than who we are. This is the truth of who we are. And those information fields, which govern the whole planetary thing and how the oceans are doing their tides and the moon and all that, and our one little cell is is propagating to another cell in our liver without us even knowing it, and our toes and Everything has this amazing source of intelligence. As we ask, who am I, who we are, what am I thinking, that source of intelligence becomes more available to us and eventually begins doing miraculous things. That's how I was healed from a disease that they only gave me six months to live and back in 1979. Mm. And many that stories I've had since then. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you, but... We are running so short on time, Robert. I, I really do appreciate you. This has been great to have you here talking about this, and I wish we could go longer. Where can our listeners buy your book in the Heart Plus app at again? Technicia, it's been a joy. It's been a privilege to be on your show, and thank you for having me, even though with these tragedies going on in the Caribbean and elsewhere. Loveisthepower.com. Loveisthepower.com. You can get the book. There's information there. You can get the app. It's all on that website. Well, thank you again, Robert. I really, I do. I appreciate you for being here. It has enlightened me, and I hope it has enlightened my listeners. And as I said, if you're looking at the replay, make sure you share it with others because there's so much valuable information on there, and we want to get the word out about what's going on in the Caribbean. But as my friend Mary Ellen Signovich would say, the truth of the day. Life is an adventure. Due to lack of different experiences, your life may become soured, stagnant, or repetitive. Work on making your life and your loved one's lives less repetitive. Create fun, new situations through creativity. Become fun to be around. 
change things or change the way you do things. Experience life in all dimensions. Step out of your comfort zone and become interested in everything, especially in life of family and friends. Today, live your life as an adventure as this is the way life should be lived by everyone. Enjoy the day, everyone. And I also want to say this that I learned from my mentor on our affirmations yesterday. He was talking about the fact of strengthening your mental strength up here. We have to get out of our comfort zone. We really do. And and not be affect not be affected by our emotions. So one of the things that you possibly could do that he told us to do is why not try to wear two different types of shoes? See if you could do that. I know I am. You might get a few that might stare at you who might say, why do you have on two different pairs of shoes? Why do you have on two different kinds of shoes? Don't she know she got on two different kinds of shoes? Or he knows. He's going to look at you. But see how strong you could be without any reaction, without responding at all. Just smile. Let's see if you could do that challenge for the day. I'm Technisha Day, and thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you the next time on The Bright Side with Technisha. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technisha. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.